Yes, indeed. What you got in your eye? Are you okay? Uh, uh, uh. I, uh, the shit I have in my eye is the dander of you. <laughs> Person dander? Yes. That's cute. But I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And this is He Said, He Said, the podcast that will and has and is going to make you go, hmm. We're back for another messy week. But we got that. Oh, yeah. I'm a scat over this Your tongue is messy. You can call me a scat in hell. Okay. I didn't know you knew that. I didn't know you had that talent. Well, we want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast at He Said, He Said Pod. We are on all the streaming services. We you should find us on all your favorite like Google Play, right? What all the other places Ray has done the investigation. And if you want to know where we're at, just click that link in our bio on Instagram and you will see everywhere that we're listed. Yes, but it's refreshed. Okay. Ooh, we're fresh. We refreshed. We we had to step it up a little Bitch, bit. We had a link, minor facelift. Yes, from the link tree it was a it was a lunchtime procedure. Okay. For where to uh-huh. find us. All right. So um if you follow us on socials, especially Instagram, because it's where we're well actually now we're Facebook, we're extra we're live too. We're super we said sound we're, off. If we're y'all super don't... active on Facebook these Listen. days too. But Instagram is where you can usually find the most up to date information about what's going on with the pod. And we have a link to um, our little, um, it's not a link tree, but it's similar. So it's you, like a story of your life. Yeah, you can find all well, the places. Find to us find on us. the streets, in yes. the streets, but the COVID <laughs> internet streets. Okay? Yes. Oh, and one thing. Oh, tell us one thing. We get into it. Um, there is a new feature for any of you who listen on Spotify where oh. you can actually share the pod through Instagram. So you can actually oh. share mm. the pod or pod episode through your IG story. So if oh, you so wouldn't like mind doing platforms. that, yeah. that would be amazing. We would love that. Yeah. That's your, that's your, that's your homework. Everyone. Yeah. Tell a friend to tell everyone, everyone. who listens on Spotify. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're back. Ray, what is your love it or shade it this week? I feel like you have lots of going on in, over in your corner in your own little place. You can be whoever you want to be. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, I actually have a love it, mm. and um, I'm gonna do something that you said you hate, but my love it is actually oh. one of our stories. So I'm not gonna go into great detail about it, but I love it to, um, Will Smith and Company, mm. um, with mm. their Fresh mm. Prince reunion that they did. So to no, be clear, we literally just had this. Conversation <laughs> to be clear, and you continue to do this. It. This reunion was actually, I think, it's really a part of just. First of all, the rollout. Because Let's just go now, into unfiltered, unbothered. No, 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 no. Because now you can, um, mm, you can actually me. stream episodes of the original show on oh, HBO Max. So mm-hmm. I think that was part of it. Yeah. And then um, they're also doing that reboot thing that that's going to be like dramatic or whatever. So mm. there's that too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's my love it. Um, and what is your love it or shade it? This well, week? <laughs> I have both. Okay, great. My love it is for people that listen, and my <laughs> shade it is for people that don't. <laughs> What category do I fit in? Two. Depends on the moment, but in this case, in this I case, think you I fall in the, into don't. The, the okay, yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, you're punished. Okay. That's you're in timeout. Oh, okay. What's you that look like? Stand against the wall on one on one foot and count to thirty five. Oh no, that's terrible. That sounds like abuse. In a, in Spanish. <laughs> All right. So was that really your? Love I mean, that shit. I had that. That shit happened when I was growing up. Oh my god! I had to look, and I had to. Mm. I mean, I'm not, ju- ju- you know, assigning any judgment to the way you were raised. Listen, because I am a, I am a fabulous person. Now. You are. Okay. I have grown. Bomb ass bitch. Okay, yes. you know what that is a result of? <laughs> Running away from the mess. Okay, <laughs> getting away from toxic behavior. And oh therapy. Gosh. So to be clear, we are changing things up a little bit from what 
um, you may be used to in the last few weeks um, with all the fuckery and craziness that's going on You're in welcome. the world. We have actually decided to take a break from the hot topics that, um, you know, inevitably pop up every week in a political sphere. And we're just going to have kind of like an all hot topics. Oh, it's like a hot topics. fun Ooh. type show. So with that, I guess we should get into it. I um, guess we should. Yeah. All right. What, you going to so, tell us first? Yes. Unfiltered and Unbothered first story is one that I alluded to earlier, which apparently mm-hmm. Jay hates. Um, and that is And the, to be clear, it's not that I hate the story. I just. You no, know. you hate the the doing a love it that is also a story uh-huh yeah. the logistics of your love it yes. is a shade it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's cute okay so um again fresh prince of bel-air reunion just debuted last week on hbo max um so this was actually emotionally cathartic in a way that i didn't Uh-oh. know that i needed um so um you know, pro tip for anyone who has HBO through your, your internet, through your internet, through your cable provider, you likely also have HBO Max at no extra charge. So mm-hmm. if you haven't already looked into it, you might want to look into it. Um, but it was really great to see the cast together again. Um, you know, I will say that it was kind of awkward in a way in the beginning because Daphne oh, yeah. Maxwell Reed, aka light skinned Aunt Viv, um, she was pretty silent. Because she like had no stories of the like first two seasons. Half hour that they were talking. Because that was the first two seasons. Right, because they were the talking show. about the well, three seasons actually. Um, Janet Hubert was on three. Hubert was on three oh, seasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like all the talk that they were, you know, engaging in related to the first few seasons, like she really didn't have anything to add to what it. What was she gonna say? I was watching it, but I wish I was in there. If, right, but that's what made it kind of awkward to, to you know to me. So Janet Hubert, to be clear, um, you know, aka dark skin Aunt Viv. Um, you know, she, um, I, 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 I mean, like spoiler call, alert like at this point, if you have it, okay. OG Aunt Viv. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at that. So, um, spoiler alert for anyone who didn't see it. So OG Aunt Viv doesn't make an appearance until later in the actual reunion. Um, but they were showing like clips that included brown skin or OG Aunt Viv. Uh-huh. Um, while light skin, new school, Aunt um, Viv was sitting there with the cat. It was just kind of weird in the beginning. Um, but I, I don't feel like it took away from the reunion so much that it was just like I couldn't watch it because no. it actually was still very good. Well, I think because you went into it knowing that there was going to be an, uh, a conversation between OG, Aunt Viv, and Will. So, like, right. people, I because like you were you also waiting it. for that. So yeah. I feel like if we didn't know that, we would have there would have been a lot of judgment because mm-hmm. we would have been like, well, where is OG? Because all of the clips you're talking about include her yeah and we're not getting her yeah but we knew that it was coming yeah we knew she would be involved in some you know shape it, it, that at least that conversation between she and what yeah. was gonna have or her and what was gonna happen um but i mean overall i'd say i really Jenny is legendary she is legendary like so many parts of this show and it's it's interesting because it's been so long since i've watched it like i was Literally, I remember I was in middle school in the show. Oh, then I was in ovaries. Came out so you were probably very early in grade school. Mm-hmm. Um, when it when it de- when it debuted, and I think when it ended, I probably I don't know. Was it ninety six? What was ninety? Well, actually, it debuted ninety two, ninety three. So actually, I was in elementary school. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was ovaries. I think I was like just going into ovaries. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay, anyway, so um, I would say that I really, really enjoyed it. It was nice to um, see and hear the cast recount 
um, how great it was kind of just mm-hmm. being on and offset and, you know, this camaraderie that they had and they built. So um, what did you think were the highlights? I think the highlights was learning about the the show. I feel like often you like as a consumer of television, you don't realize the work that you're a lush over there. That's what you don't realize. Um, you don't realize the work that goes into the show and just seeing the calendar of events that would happen on a weekly basis for what, 18, 20 weeks, depending on the season. So that fact that they had like Monday, they did a read through Tuesday. It was like, they were doing, uh, they were doing like walkthrough and then Wednesday would dress rehearsal. Thursday was dress rehearsal and they would do notes like, and then Friday they would tape. So it was like, it really was like a Monday through Friday job, mm-hmm. which often I feel like with television, you don't think that that's the case. Like that was good to like understand and then see that they had so much, um, so much say when it came to the development of characters and stories. Uh, they even mentioned how like there were moments where they were like, Ashley can't say that to her dad because culturally that does not make sense for her. Well, that was the one contribution from so, new yes. school Aunt Viv. So it just was interesting to see, especially back then, how much creative control black artists had to tell black stories because I don't feel like that, even now it can be curious, but like back then I feel like that was, the, the white writers' rooms were all white and... And I don't know about the historically the show or if that ever changed or was the case, but I'm just speaking in general terms. Is mm-hmm. it just was good to see that? I also think knowing that not all the cast members were alive, um, them highlighting uh, Uncle. Um, oh my God, why am I forgetting his name? Uncle Phil is Uncle Phil. The actor is James Avery. Mm-hmm. Like his, the way he impacted each of them individually, like that was really powerful because even though he wasn't there, it felt like his presence was. Uh, but I would say For the sure. most, the most impactful moment for me was the conversation with OG Aunt Viv, Janet and Will. And then not so much that conversation, but also what happened after the conversation was when she came in and spoke to the rest of the people like that. Mm -hmm. That was probably the most powerful moment. Yeah. I mean, so um, same here. I'd say highlights for me certainly would have been um, the tribute to James Avery, which they did kind of a little tribute to him. Whole cast was in tears. I'm sure a lot of people watching were in tears. I wasn't. I was um, emotional, but I wasn't tearing until I got teary because there's this one iconic scene in the show where Will, at some point, he meets his biological oh, yeah, yeah, father, yeah, yeah, yeah. who was an absentee dad, and he's talking to Uncle Phil later, and he's he breaks down and says, you know, why didn't he want me? And it's like that's one of those things where like I totally can remember watching that like back in the day. Yeah. Um, so that part kind of got me. And then just kind of seeing the cast and their reaction to seeing that montage. Yeah. And then, you know, to your point, just hearing them talk about like how he, you know, influenced them, mm-hmm. you know, the, what a great lover of music and the arts that he was. Mm-hmm. Um, though the really interesting thing for me was when Will was talking about um, just acting and how, you know, he kind of, in so many words, um, basically said that this was someone in his life who was kind of pushing him to be a better actor. Mm -hmm. And, like, just looking over the arc of Will's career, it's like this man has now been nominated for two Oscars. Like, he has won countless awards for acting. Mm -hmm. He is a very phenomenal actor. At one point, he was, like, blockbuster gold. Yeah, for sure. 16 to 18 months, a movie came out, and he was in it. Exactly. He had a streak of 100 million dollar um grocers um for a while there he was mm-hmm. you know up there like total total a-list um but yeah so you know i say all that just to say that like that it, i liked that james avery 
um, was highlighted in that way. Yeah. Um, because positively, it, and it was also interesting just because I didn't realize, you know, you know, some of the things that that they revealed. And again, we really, really think that you should go ahead and and, and watch this. And also the Janet Hubert thing that that conversation your, that they had after twenty seven years. What were your so twenty seven years? You don't speak twenty seven years. There's mudslinging that's going on. And there's on. periods of time, like within the last decade, how where it was got pretty. There's mudslinging going mm-hmm. on between both parties. Um, she got she read him for filth very recently in like the last couple of years, mm-hmm. where she she made this video mm-hmm. and and I, I mean, twenty eighteen, the vitriol that is just like that's coming off of whatever screen you're watching it through mm-hmm. is palpable. And I thought it was interesting that. They showed that to Will, and then they showed Will's reaction because he was like, I had never seen that well, before. Well, that was during Red Table Talk. Um, oh, was that on Red Table yeah. Talk? Oh, okay. So he was like, I had never seen that before. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, people basically told me um, I should not watch mm-hmm. it. Um, but no, so I mean, overall, I thought that this was such an interesting conversation. I thought that it was such a necessary conversation. Mm-hmm. I actually loved how they both approached it because mm-hmm. from her vantage point and the way that she approached it was i mean he sits down you know it's like you know hey you know whatever they engage they embrace yes they embrace but then she will goes like immediately like why did you go so hard like why did you and i think she's it's not just a him i think it's him and the producers yes. that she's referring to you know and, and that that she is di- where she's directing her anger about what's happened over these three decades mm-hmm. um but she's like why did you take it that far mm-hmm. so it's like basically she comes out swinging like why did you ruin my life and ruin my career she, she she believes that and i say believes because we don't know all like some things just aren't meant for us to know and i think that's also we need to remind people that not all details we don't need to know all details but what we do know is that she what she shares during this conversation is that she believes that will had a, a big a big um influence on her departure of show and he alludes like i don't know if i walked away understanding if he really like was the decision maker. Yeah. I feel like that's a little murky, but still a little murky. But I do, but I do like the fact that the way that he started the conversation was okay. Tell me your story. I'm sitting back and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm receiving that you feel that I did something wrong to Mm -hmm. you. And I'm thinking I did do something wrong to you, but what was the aftermath of that? Because Mm -hmm. I don't know your story and I don't know what happened. So I appreciated that because it was like, he was, you know, stepping forward and saying, Okay, in order for me to actually, uh, you know, realize what happened here mm-hmm. and to 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 really reconcile, there has to be understanding, mm-hmm. and that's where she, where she kind of just started to talk about like what actually what was going on during that time, mm-hmm. and why she had closed herself off from her castmates as well mm-hmm. at that time. And then also what, you know, all the decisions that were made by the powers mm-hmm. that be at that time, it, including mean, him. Because Will was just her. Will Smith. Like, he, yes, he was, he isn't, he wasn't the Will Smith he is today. And he was 21 years old. So, like, A, there was social maturity, there was professional maturity. Like, he had never been on a sitcom. He had never worked with these people. He had never had this much influence and power um, as a creative. So, of course, there's going to be, like, he, maybe he went into a room. I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to assume things, but... What I will say is I do feel that the conversation was necessary and hopefully this shows people the power of um, an apology, the power of acceptance, the power of therapy, the power of understanding Um, as being a building block to any real reconciliation. mm -hmm. And I think that's often people like this could have gone left 
really quick. Mm-hmm. And it could have gone left to a point where she said what she said and Jill, and Will got defensive. Right. And that or he, he said what she uh, to um to Janet and then Janet got defensive. I think for me what I enjoyed was just the arc of the conversation and how like they went into it. A Will kind of broke the ice with like his his sarcastic humor like you know, you look great because she was like, oh, I hope I don't look bad on camera. And he's like, you look great. Like there was like a mm-hmm. good, you always look great. So there was like a moment of like breaking the ice. But then it also got right to your point, right to seriousness. So what I also want to acknowledge, which I didn't realize this, but when she went to the cast, there was someone missing. Did you realize that? No. I didn't realize Alfonso was missing. Oh. So Twitter went like on a whole thing. And I was like, now do I need to rewatch this? How I thought that like he hugged her. I thought that I don't remember that. So apparently that was taped a separate day. Oh, uh, and he couldn't make it, and he had to go work. He had, uh, some, he had another. Well, yeah, because he's working. So, so <laughs> an, he's doing like who? What is the funniest line? That's the funniest the, TV the, show? That I don't know. Bitch. America's funniest. There home it video? is, right there. It was gonna come, but I don't know. I just I think for me like that that was a, okay. Twitter really went in thinking. That of course he, they he did. Thinking like her, oh there's there beef. Yeah. yeah. For me, I think what we need to remind ourselves is that this was closure to a chapter that was dark. And it was For dark sure. in just a lot of um, experiences. Will now is Will fucking Smith, mm-hmm. right? And I say that because Will is what Janet, um, what Janet needs. Uh, and when I say needs, is because Janet Will now has a platform. Mm-hmm. And now also has a production company. Right. Now also can hire, can support, can bring, and can really yeah, in a way that he wouldn't have been able to before. to do twenty five years ago. Yeah. So I think what I'm curious to see what is the what is it what is her what does Janet's story look like next, the next chapter of her story because I feel like this has been an ongoing chapter that I think she has felt a lot of pain towards no, the for industry. Sure. I don't even know if she wants to act anymore. Like yeah. I, that I'd also yeah. don't know. I'm sure she does. But I just feel like she she has become a cultural icon. She has. I mean, she had her little um thing that went viral with the dance where yes. she's dancing in the leotard. They had like, a t- TikTok. People were doing TikTok. Exactly. Dance and it. she said people are sending her that from all over the world. So, I mean, I, again, I, I, I really, really, if you haven't already seen this and you're interested, I think you should go out and watch it. You can get a better idea of, of exactly what happened with her, what she's saying, you know, from her side, what she perceives was the wrong um, you know, that, that she suffered um, at the hands of Will Smith and, mm-hmm. and how he reacted to that. There is a missed opportunity that I just want to yes. mention really quickly, and that is in the perceived colorism in recasting... I don't even know if it's perceived, bitch. In, in recasting OG Aunt Viv with new school Aunt Viv and, you know, basically replacing a brown-skinned, you know, dark-skinned, brown-skinned woman mm-hmm. with a with, very with, fair, mm-hmm. um, light-skinned Then they even look like they like even running run the same street. At like all. They look and, completely and, and even different. when you think about it, and, and for people who watch the show from even the season three to season different. four, it's like, you know, Aunt Viv went from being like this boss bitch, like highly educated mm-hmm. bougie but also kind of like okay but you know i'll take my earrings off which they showed that in mm-hmm. one of the scenes because wasn't she his biological aunt i don't remember i can't remember either i, I think so who- i think the mother was sisters yes. 
with his mother which was what's her name from yeah Black-ish. i think you're right i think that it no, was, she was my aunt. She i was think my aunt. it was i think that was the familial uh-huh. connection yeah um but yeah and it's like she went to being this like housewife she wasn't in a she show as softer. much she was softer it just was when i really say soft I'm, i mean just like just just way, just the way she, her she was more cuddly the way she the way she spoke it was she, less, yeah she was more cuddly she was less yeah. even almost less bougie to a certain mm-hmm. extent it was such a good so show, it was just y'all. really interesting and that's i I want I would love to hear Will and the producers delve more into that because that's a decision that they made and I would love to know why. A conscious. You, you know, know because you know what I think should happen? What? OG Auntie should be in the new version of um Oh of, funny. Mm-hmm. She should. She the, should be the, in the, the, the dramatic new, version. Dramatic version. <laughs> and it's that. it's part part of Westbrook, which is his um production company, Will's production company. So it would yeah. be interesting to see. No, it will for sure. So, yeah. So, you know, again, um, we will see what happens. And um, there was a Red Table Talk, which we didn't have a chance to watch yet. That looked really interesting. I watched like maybe 15 minutes and it's like a 40 minute episode. Will brought in this psychologist. I don't know what her actual credentials are, but she's a mental health provider. She was she was on set. So she's a therapist, which makes sense during in case things went left. Which also makes just, sense as to how um, Will handled it because he had count. He was being I counted. think if anyone, if you take anything away from this shit, it should be this. Take your ass to therapy. Mm-hmm. Talk it out. Learn more about the why so that you have better interactions with people because ultimately there are, people have baggage. People have issues. People have things that they need to work through that they bring to the relationship with you. And without you understanding how to navigate that, you will just continue down the, the, the cycle of trauma. Yeah. I mean, that's, come on. That's my that's, little that's, Ted talk. That's You're welcome. True. That's some true shit. Okay. Oh, dismissive. So, bitch. <laughs> so moving on. Oh yeah. Bring, bring your notes <laughs> out. Bring them out. Bring them out. Yeah. Um, I was going to skip this story, but we can talk about it really quick. So you may remember the white grandmother um, who texted the wrong update, a a pop culture update. She texted the wrong man. Uh, This is Wanda Dench. Um, She texted Jamal Hinton. Um, She's a white woman. He Jamal is black. He was a teenager at the time. This was uh, five, six years ago. Um, And she thought that it was her grandson. And it was this, this black guy and he basically was like who is this and she was like it's your grandma and then he's like send me a picture and then she sent her picture and he's like you're not my grandma but can i have a plate (laughs) but can i have a plate and then like astonishingly these folks have been spending thanksgiving together ever since that's so beautiful um so you know kind of a light-hearted story um with um you know a, a tragic um aspect because Apparently, Wanda's husband died earlier this year of Mm. um, or from complications caused by COVID-19. So this was the first Thanksgiving, which they had early um, and which was um, a small group um, and not like the the usual Thanksgiving that they have. Um, And this was the first time that they had it after she lost her husband, Lonnie. Um, but I mean, it was just really great to see that this is something that's still happening. Continued. It was a part of, um, you may have seen this meme that's going around where it's like how it started and, and how it's oh, going. Mm-hmm. And it was like the first, the picture of the first time that they spent Thanksgiving and then the picture from this year. Uh-huh. And it's just like really, really great, especially with everything else going on in the world. Just to know there are good people mm-hmm. in the world. There are good things happening. There are good stories that can be shared. I mean, this is just pretty amazing to me. And it was interesting because in my research, what I found was that what uh, Jamal said was that 
uh, that first year, he was apprehensive because he's like, uh, I don't know this woman. I don't uh, know this white lady. Yeah, I don't know this white um, lady. I mean, I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth with the white lady part. But, you know, he's like, will it be awkward? Like, how was it going to be? And apparently from that very first year, they just hit it off mm-hmm. and they've become friends and they just talk and they can they said they can talk for hours. Oh, that's so, I mean, I just think that this in the age of COVID and everything else, that this is just really something to think about and really just and be thankful. I was about to say that it's, it's, you know, there's so much that many of us have in our lives to be thankful for. And I'm sure that, um, you know, for these particular people that this is, um, something that, that they're thankful for Th- something that was really, really unexpected that turned out, mm-hmm. um, you know, she better like, than she anyone gained could it on the grandchild essentially, yeah, basically. That's so precious. So it cute. Is. It makes you it makes you smile each year knowing that it's coming. Yes. <laughs> we don't get it before and after. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, something that is not making a lot of people smile oh. is uh Erica Campbell. So for anyone I who's, love God. That Erica Campbell. <laughs> yes, for anyone who doesn't know, Erica Campbell is one half of um, you know, very popular and prolific um gospel duo, Mary mm-hmm. Mary. Um, she's the half of the group that I actually really like. I mean, um, I like both I'm not going to say anything bad about her sister, but her sister has some issues which have played out on their TV show that they used to have. It's true. If you've seen it. Um, is that on WeTV too? It was. WeTV has all the drama Messy. with black women. We should unpack that. Yeah, that needs to be unpacked. Um, but yeah, so Erica Campbell is uh, going to have a... Um, podcast or i think the podcast may have already debuted so ahead of that she went to ig and mm-hmm. posted the following you can't sow hoe seeds and reap marriage benefits your ho brain seeds? and body don't switch like that you gotta prepare your mind for marriage because it's ministry hoe seeds like she goes to home depot and says yeah oh i'm looking to grow the, a garden give me the hoe seeds the hoe seeds yes. please give me the seeds for the promiscuous people hoe seeds hoe seeds mm, yes. that could be a good t-shirt a garden of promise promiscuous i planted my hoe seeds <laughs> now i'm gonna watch them flourish <sighs> all right so, so she said you can't have a hoe seed and a marriage plan so hoe seeds and reap marriage benefits so you can't so you can't plant the whole seeds and then expect a marriage marriage is going to happen because those two things are incongruent they don't work together that i don't know if that's 100 (laughs) percent true though because you will be a hoe for your husband so she then captioned she says you will crave what you have put in practice can't wait for y'all to hear my podcast oh we gonna talk Hashtag marriage, hashtag monogamy, hashtag marriage minded, hashtag prepare yourself. Mm. So needless to say. Girl, she going to fleet. You got to fleet for the marriage. (laughs) You know what? what? The internet had some thoughts about this. Um, I read a really interesting piece. Um, Madame Noir is actually one of the outlets that I go to a lot now for um, topics and just like, you know. They also have really good stories. They do. They have really, really good, thoughtful stories. Based in UK? I don't know. Madame Noir, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, but it they they the writer that um wrote the one story I read, she definitely took issue with this, you know, and you know, a lot of the assumptions that are clearly going into this yes, statement about hoeing and being a hoe and what does that mean? How much sex do you have to have to be a hoe? Like to find does, hoe. Does it mean that you're you you know how many um partners do you need to have? Yeah, a, there needs to be a definition. And not of be hoism. exclusive with to be a hoe. 
why it, what do you mean that just being a hoe and you can't get married like that that doesn't make any sense plenty of hoes get married at some point but in their lives kim kardashian <laughs> yeah. case in point because what i'm saying is a hoe a hoe like what does that even mean to you like to hoe me, me hoe is subjective to me okay hoeing is subjective to hoe hoeing is a is a lifestyle like <laughs> and i don't knock somebody's lifestyle you know a hoe to me in these this day and age you know the things that were twenty years ago. You thought was a hoe. That people are making money off of that stuff now. It's yeah, called like OnlyFans. Only <laughs> so like to me, a hoe is someone that I don't even know because I would be like, oh, they're having sex with a lot of people. But it's like if it's protected, why is my business? Yeah, and I. I so I maybe a hoe. A definition of a, a hoe to me in this twenty twenty age is they're having sex with. But multiple people and they're unprotected, um, so they're messy. I mean, ho, uh, ho, you know, hoe, like I said, is subjective. So whatever it means to you, I guess that's what it is. What does a hoe mean to, to you, you in 2020? I mean, to me, I I would say a hoe means what it meant. You know, when I was coming up and define you know, okay, let, the, let the, the 90s. listeners know. Okay, so a hoe means you just sleeping with a whole bunch of people, and you're and you're you're sexually promiscuous. But now, is that okay, so the question is. You know, A, is that is there something wrong with that? And then B, whether there's something wrong with it or not, does being a hoe then mean that you're not going to be able to get married or not going to be able to to even marry one of the people you're hoeing with? There was a lot of a judgment in her statement. Oh, there's totally a lot of judgment in it. But my thing is, I don't judge a hoe anymore. I had, you know, this has been an evolution for me. Okay. There was a time. Evolutionary hoe. There was a time when I would have said, oh, you know, someone who I would definitely, um, you know, cast judgment on someone who has a bunch of sex partners and is not, you know, linked to any one person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like I'm like, well, but why? Yeah, it's it's a social norm, but it's like, but why? Yeah, like you know I don't give I mean? a fuck. I don't give, if you're out here and you're protecting yourself, and you are, it's none of my business. But if you're, it's not for yourself, me. I don't want to be protecting yourself, and you're not bringing me into this mess. Right. If you're not messing with somebody that got a baby mom or a baby dad and is out here this that and the other and bringing and coming around and just bringing your mess into my life, mm-hmm. that's none of my business. <laughs> How you put your legs up? Waving from side to side, I don't give a fuck. But, I mean, it makes sense, too. And, I mean, she's certainly not the only person who feels that way. You know, there are a lot of people who refer to a whole phase where it's like, okay, so you go through this period mm-hmm. where, you know, I guess you're having a whole bunch of different sexual partners. But then at some point you have to come out of that phase in order for you to get to a point where I guess your marriage material or you will be able to get married. I just don't necessarily think that's true. There are porn stars who get, who mm, are married true. and in successful marriages. It's true. So, I mean, by definition, using my definition, hoe. You know what I mean? That's what now it doesn't matter. To, in my definition, whether it's free or whether you're getting paid, it's mm-hmm. still a hoe. You know, okay. A hoe here's is my ho, definition. Because listen, can you, can, here's my question though. What? Can you be a hoe for your man or your, no. your spouse? No, not in, not in my definition. Because my definition requires say, you to, to be with multiple Because I was going to ask, is hoe an activity or is it an adjective? Well, that's kind of what the question to me, is always going to be. Girl, I'm, are you how? Because okay, it, yeah, it's, it, so to your point, so is how the amount of sex that you're having? Because no. then if it's the amount of sex that you're having, then I guess you could be a hoe for we your We need to reclaim hoe. Reclaiming my hoe. <laughs> reclaiming I my hoe. I think people have already reclaimed hoe. I just listen. think that it's just one of those things where it's just like, it used to be a put down and now it's just like, whatever. Thanks. <laughs> I got mine. Can you get yours? Because it's the God in me. Okay. So to be clear... 
Um, uh, you know, once Erica, I guess, what's her got, um, podcast called? The Holy Roll? Oh, oh, do I write that down? Somewhere? I don't know. I, I think no, it's I around had, here somewhere. I knew she had the um, copious pop- notes that I have. He has three pages on Erica. I don't have three. Pa- you know what, bitch? Okay. He's so, like I was about to say, um, when Erica caught wind of the backlash, she did come out and try to kind of clean it up a little bit. Um, she said, um, and I mean, there's so much that she said, but I'll just I'll parse her words. I said you can't sow whole seed and uh-uh. think you're going to reap marriage benefits. And what I meant by that is monogamy must be practiced. Uh-uh. It's not something that happens automatically. If you're in the practice of sleeping around, doing whatever, and I'm coming from a believer's perspective because that's what I am, I know there's a benefit in being with one person. That was God's design for our life. I know that a lot of people dealing with broken hearts, they'll say, fine, I don't care. Mm. I'm going to do what I want. And you can, but the benefits of marriage are beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But here's what I want to say. Marriage is not for everybody. It's not. And that's the whole, that's, a, that's the next part of this conversation, which is everybody doesn't even want to get married. But I, but, I, but that doesn't really matter so much in the context of what she said, because what she's saying is um, directed at people who want to get married. So if you don't want well, to get married, then assumption. you're not a part of this conversation. That's a lot of assumptions because the hoe might be out here trying to find a man or find a spouse. But that's what the, but that's what she's saying. I, if you can't be a hoe and found and find a and find that, a spouse. I don't know if that's true. I know that that's not true. Because you, how you know? Because I'm just because it just doesn't make any sense. There's plenty uh, of hoes out here who get married. Oh, you thought I was? <laughs> I said, bitch, let me find out. <laughs> I was not talking about anybody in this room, but what uh, I'm okay. saying, Max, you okay. better get him, girl. No one in the studio. About you. You, okay. <laughs> you know what? I just want to put a capstone on this, girl. I just want Erica Campbell to know that a lot what of your, um, a lot of your sisters in the in the motherfucking church, oh, girl. is hoes. Listen, okay. she knows that. She knows. So, and Believe they trying. You know what they trying to do? They hoe when they trying to become the first lady. Mm-mm. She then went on to say that so, um, if you want to be married, you need to train your brain. Um, how do you think? So then, it, then my question to her: She is, also said you, not just women. She wasn't just talking about women. She's also talking about men. Oh, I'm only talking about um, <laughs> men at this point because listen, <laughs> men be trying to do things uh, in the church. Be trying to do all the things. Are you kidding? I me? just need to understand how it's a bad thing to be a hoe. A lot of people think it is a bad thing I to be a hoe. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. Do you, boo? I definitely don't. I mean, but you know, you have to think about like where we're coming from. Like, um, although I don't think Erica Kim was that much older than me. She's probably She's not like, much... like not even a decade The only judgment I said I have is if you're not doing a protective, you're not being protective. But I feel like we just have been able to, and I mean, it also just has to do with like what you're exposed to and the media that we've been exposed to has kind of demystified that. I mean, like fucking some, everybody want not everybody, but a lot of people want to be Samantha on Sex mm-hmm. in the City. You know what I mean? And I and even though I I say that's just a TV show, your exposure to those kinds of mm-hmm. things make can make you rethink your real life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, if this woman is just she likes sex, what's wrong with that? What's wrong? You know what I mean? And eventually, she did you know find a person or two that she wanted to be monogamous with. But Listen, monogamy man. is not the be all and end all for everyone. It's not throw your legs in the air and wave <laughs> them around like it just don't care because it's none of Erica Campbell's business or it's ours. None of our business. And you know what? I don't give a fuck if you want to tell me you fucked three men yesterday, three guys yesterday, three three girls, three people yesterday. Good for you. Now I'm gonna ask you: Are you okay? 
because <laughs> that requires a lot of act action. That requires exercise. It requires and I'm gonna ask yoga details because I need to know <laughs> the regimen you're on. So I can have that three pounds because I don't know. Like, are you able to fart without like? Like, what's? Tell me the details. That is a lot. I mean, um, because I'm curious and curious mind. And I've heard of that. I've heard of like people, you know, both male and female, having multiple sex partners in the same day. That. That's, I don't judge, but I don't have questions that, about you. You, you gonna teach me? <laughs> All right. Speaking of questions. Everyone's favorite conservative pundit who has zero integrity, so I don't even know what she actually believes. Candace Owens is back in these headlines, and this time it is because of um, some choice comments that she made about Harry Styles, Harry Styles of uh, One Direction fame. Um, his Vogue shoot for the December cover. So uh, interestingly enough, um, I did not even realize that this Vogue shoot had happened. I didn't read or hear anything about it until I saw it go live. And I, I was like, oh. so I'm like, um, I guess we were just paying way too much attention to all the fuckery that's going we on in the way world. Way too much attention to everything else, <laughs> and not enough attention to this. But just to be clear. Um, Harry Styles actually made history by becoming the first man to ever cover American Vogue by himself. Mm -hmm. Um, So in this particular shoot, he actually, and on the cover, is wearing a ball gown, which is a custom-created Gucci gown that's paired with a cropped tuxedo jacket. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, this is, you know, obviously... Um, you know, history making for several different reasons. And it created a um, lot of... And it created a buzz, a buzz. for sure. You know, Vogue need, need as many buzzes as they can get. <laughs> yes. And, you know, while most people were kind of applauding it and saying, like, this is amazing. Like, you know, this is what we kind of need, um, you know, for the mainstream to realize that there is, um, you know, fluidity and fluidness that exists within sexuality and fashion. So Candace Owens was mad. Candace Owens. So while Harry was minding his own very rich and famous business. Because he can. (laughs) Salty ass, rough edge, Karen in a black woman's skin suit, Candace Owens, was quite mad about this gender bending. And um, what she did was she took to Twitter, as you know, clout chasers are wont to do. She wants to retweet. And she um, posted, and I think she she actually um, uh, tweeted at Vogue, I guess, or someone who had posted the picture of Harry, it's a full you know picture of him in the gown and a tuxedo jacket. What was her caption? And she said, "There is no society that can survive without strong men. The East knows this. In the West, the steady feminization of our men at the same time that Marxism is being taught to our children is not a coincidence. It is an outright attack. Mm. Bring back manly men." Mm. What do you think about that? I think that Candace, you know what Candace needs? A muzzle. And she needs her hands tied into a knot. And I think Candace Owens, I think I want to know who is your man. Because I don't think you have a manly man. I don't think you have a man at all. Secondarily, uh, Candace Owens will do, say, and be anything that is contrary to what's happening in order to get booked. So Candace Owens can be canceled just like she was not just like she was subscribed to, bitch. We don't <laughs> need her. Her and Stacy, oh, what's her name? Stacy Dash. Dash. They mm. can have a new show on on Donald Trump's network, and yes. it can be called "We're Token Black Women." <laughs> 
That's what it can be called. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, fans and other celebrities were quick to weigh in, of course, because this was done on Twitter, which was really the point, to be it clear. Candace has a book. So this is what What's she is called? trying to sell. I don't care. Delusion. I did not do I that I think it's research. called Delusion. It's, the face of an Amazon wig. Girl, it's called No Edge Control. It's called, no, okay. it's called an Amazon wig. Um, so, um, you know, Zach Braff was one of the people who I noticed he w- he had one of my um, favorite responses. Um, he had he actually included a picture of Harry and with the caption of um, or tweet. Our whole lives, boys and men are told we need to be manly. Life is short. Be whatever the fuck you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamila Jamil, who always, you know, she's she's here for a controversial moment on Twitter. Um, she actually also very, um, you know, rightly so pointed out that many male fashion trends in history, such as wigs, mm-hmm. tights, mm-hmm. makeup. Mm-hmm. You know, all she these things, rosy red cheeks all of, of for men. Mm-hmm. She, partakes she partakes in all of them. <laughs> no, but what she was saying was that. Is that not funny? No, it's not. Um, it's the truth. <laughs> what she said was that um, those things would not be considered to be manly now, but that they were clearly considered to be manly at one time or another. So were wooden teeth. So I um, hope Candace Owens can get her veneers you know taken out for wooden teeth. You know what? Um, so, yeah. So, again, I think that Candace, you know, t- to a point that I made and that you re- reiterated earlier, I don't really know what she believes, to be perfectly honest. I think that she just espouses these things because she's trying to find a niche. And trying to to find a lane for herself to that gets her clout and to get her and that gets her money, um, and that that's what this really is about for her, rather than it being about any real substantive like um, ideology or ideals that she really holds. Like, what does she do for a living? I she I think she gives speeches and she writes books and. She's a fucking pundit. Like that's what she does. She's like, not on like any shows, no, like Fox. No, and that and that's just like you know, <laughs> one of the things that really kills me about her is that you know, for all her you know trying to carve out this space within the right wing, you know, they don't they ecosphere. Don't, they don't acknowledge. You know, her. she's doing this shit for free because guess what? They didn't even ask her to be at the RNC. No, and Donnie didn't ask her to be his token black woman. Okay, so it's like if they're not. Oh, Ooh, excuse come me. Come on, frog. Yes. Oh, the rasp. Um, but if they're not like, you know, Yo. inviting you in, then what are you really doing this? If for? you're looking for a seat at the table and you aren't getting one, sis, yeah. I, it's, I'm all for making your own table. But this time, this feels like it's missing a few legs <laughs> or missing a chair altogether. She's standing in the fucking corner with one leg up. For how Listen, long I'm did judged. you say? That's how long did you say? In her case, minutes. it's all her life. <laughs> all my life, I had to stand in the corner. All right, so you know she needs a minor garbage. She's a minor own fucking business. Um, you know, gender is a social construct. It's not real. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, what I would really say to so her what is I wanna... like, bitch, listen, you and all that you're doing and all this time you're spending in the sunken place, really for nothing. You're and also ass. just let's just acknowledge this, Miss Candace Owens, is that you? The, the, let's look at the far east as you mentioned, to then the far west as where you mentioned. You you were folding Not into the far west. Listen, <laughs> you're folding into beauty norms that have been imposed upon you by someone somewhere that you're caring not to forget, like getting your hair pressed out, wearing face lashes. But do I see you wearing? Are you are you out here, you know, giving us pure femininity and always wearing a skirt? No, you'd be wearing them pants. So women, if you want to just be this ideological, uh, this I have this idea that men need to be masculine. Ideological. Then guess what? 
women in your in your in your little world, women need to be feminine. So give us no, the femme fatale. She full of shit. But give us the femme fatale. She full of if shit. If you're trying to be down with the gall, I can't with her. So I guess this is a great time. Take a break. We will come back with um, uh, what I'm sure will be a very lively conversation about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which we are obsessed with, as well as Michael B. Jordan and the new title that has been bestowed upon him and a couple other cute stories followed by Shuffle and Repeat. Oh, yeah. We'll be back. (laughs) I think most of us can agree that 2020 has been somewhat of a bitch. One of the ways we hear it, he said, he said, Get Through It is with great music. We've got you covered with our refreshed, diverse Spotify playlists. He Said Top 40, Pure Pop Perfection, The Gospel Truth, Enough, and Shuffle and Repeat. Keep an ear out to these internet streets this week for links and details. Now, back to the show. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. <laughs> you would not chew into the mic. Mm. We are back, and um, mm-hmm. Jay is sampling some of the mandarin orange that I had steeping in vodka from earlier today. Mm-hmm. It's good. What are you talking about? You, you don't like it? it? You can have it. That's fine. I can't now because I've moved on to Apple, and it's not going to go. Not allegedly. It's We're fine. back, y'all. We are back. Okay, so <laughs> you go ahead. Yes. This your story, bitch. <laughs> what is so funny? <laughs> uh, this is liquor. This liquor is funny. I mean, I this is probably more liquor I've had in a while. Are you drunk? No, I'm not drunk, but you know, it's good. Y'all okay, so for anyone who did not know, Real Housewives has a brand new um, entrant into the pantheon, if you will. It is uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. So when we heard about this, I'm going to ask you, so what were your thoughts? Because I was like, why are they doing Salt Lake City? I was sus because they announced it about a confused. year and a half ago. Yeah, and I was sus. And I was like, I don't know if I need this. I don't need a Mormon life. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's going to be about as dry as white motherfucking um, bread with no butter. I, like, I'm yes. like, I don't need any About as that. dry as Candace Owens' edges. I'm planning to leave that woman's edges alone. Yeah, like, let her edges be dry. Honey. That's fine. Because you know uh, what? What? I want. I have bigger things to worry about than Candace Owens. <laughs> she just irritates me. All right. So, um, yes. Yeah, so this new season premiered. Did it premiere last week, or did we just get like around to watching ago. it? Okay. So we just got around to catching up. And bitch, when I tell you this is one of our new mm-hmm. guilty pleasure obsessions, okay, I'd say it's probably Love After Lockup because you know nothing usurps mm-hmm. that at this point yeah. right now. Love and Life After Lockup. Love anything okay. locked up. Bitch. All the locked up. Okay, because you did be locked up all year at this point. All of it. It's just season after season. They just come on. You be locked up all year, bitch. When you're in jail, (laughs) yes. And and we be locked up on quarantine. Kind of. We got stories. Um. And then I think Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is probably number two right now. Just right because now, it's yeah. that good. Well, I mean, a couple of weeks, Atlanta starts, so we'll see. That's true. But So to be clear about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, whatever you may have been thinking about the Mormon angle and are these going to be Mormon women, most of them are either like not Mormon or no longer Mormon. Um, there's Mormon ish people who were involved. So it's interesting to see kind of, um, you know, how they explain the Mormon faith. They don't talk about it 
I guess I guess they actually do talk about it a lot, but like they well, don't I mean, say like anything more, bad about it. No, they're also just I think just settling the cast of who they are and what they are. So right. I think there were only three episodes in. So. Yes, yes, and um, you know everything that they've said about um, Mormonism from what I've read um, has been validated to, to be true. Okay, so I say all that. Mm. Let's get into these people who are involved because I think that that's where we'll really get into a conversation. Um, so there is Mormon-ish, quote unquote, Heather Gay. I fucks with Heather. Okay. Um, so she's the one who I believe her people were like Mormon settlers or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, she had been Mormon and then she had married into like Mormon money, money mm-hmm. and then she divorced. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but she also has a business, so she makes her own money mm-hmm. at this point. Um, she's, she's, I think both of our favorite. At first I was like, who yeah. is this woman? Yes. Like her yes. body is shaped. You like, know what? It is shaped like okay. a record. Don't do that. Uh, uh, don't do that. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Either but do don't I, do bitch. It. <laughs> it, it. She just, she had a, what she was wearing was not flattering to her. It shape. wasn't. That is true. So I was like, you're going to be on TV, yes. sis. Yes. Like do more. There's a different, um, style philosophy do that more. she could be using. Do more. Yeah. But then at the end of episode one, I was like, I am Heather. Heather is me. <laughs> Like that is she is big personality. That's me. She is fun. You can tell she's fun. That is me. She keeps it real. That is also me. Okay. Um. I yeah. So she is our favorite. And you'll you'll find out as we talk more about yes. who Ray is. So no, bitch, Jen Shaw. That is Ray. <laughs> Jen is someone that will wear open toe sandals in the middle the of snow. the snow, and she has someone helping her out <sighs> of the car. And then she says her feet are so cold. I still don't understand like how in the world she affords the staff that she has. Maybe we'll I find do. out. I told you about it. I know she has like companies Multiple or whatever. Media companies. But I'm just like to be able to employ that many people. It's a lot. But she is the first Polynesian housewife in Bravo mm-hmm. history. It's interesting because when you see her, Polynesian is not what she gives. She's had some, you know, lunchtime procedures and some um, all day full, maybe two day procedures as well. Well, yes. Um, 48 she, hour sleepovers. <laughs> yes. She gives black. Like, I, I, I'm i going to say it. When we saw the promos, I was like, oh, there's two black women. But it turns out, no. She did She did Jen, give me, like, she Jen gave me that there was some black in her. Like, yeah. She, was she, like, oh. a Kamora Lee moment? Okay. Like, was she? But little did we know that the black in her was, was her actually husband. <laughs> her husband. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, yeah. So, Jen, she grew up Mormon. Um, mm-hmm. She's, I believe she's from Hawaii. I she believe is. that's what she they said. She grew up in Hawaii. Um, but she's actually in the process of converting from um, Mormonism to Muslim, which her husband is Muslim. And she serves looks, bitch. She serves I wonder if she got the, if she looks. don't have to not wear her titties and arms out. She serves looks. Okay. That's the one thing where I can say, okay, I'm into just like, she is like, girl. You tell that but bitch, she overdresses though, you which I don't do. You, I don't overdress. <laughs> don't be shady. COVID, yes. But pre-COVID, don't you were be like, oh, we're going to the grocery store. And then he put on like dramatic. And then the reason why I say he, that Jen is him and he I don't is Jen overdress. Is it will be cold outside and he'll be like, do I need a coat? <laughs> It's motherfucking January. Oh, if my yes, mother could see me, she'd be so irritated. My mother, my coat. mother is the typical black mother. Like, put a fucking coat on, and I'm like, oh, la di da, I'll be fine. Yeah, I'm like, I'm wearing a coat, <laughs> bitch. You gonna catch me with a coat? But yeah, so that's Jen. Um, and Jen is married to a coach of, um, I guess a college football situation. Yeah. So, um, and then her husband, University of Salt Lake, so he frowns know. upon Mormonism because of the history of racism. Just yes. to be clear. 
um, they didn't, Mormonism did not allow um, black members to be ordained until 1978. Mm-hmm. So that also comes up and that came up, I think in the first yeah. episode. Okay. Moving on. So now we have um, Heather. I'm sorry, Lisa, Lisa Barlow, uh-huh. who went to school with Heather. Um, and she describes she herself. Her though. She doesn't remember her fucking shady. Um, but she's Mormon 2.0 is the way that she describes Girl, herself. Bye. She owns multiple tequila brands. Um, and Cause you're not supposed to drink when you're a Mormon. You're not. And she says that she doesn't care. You know, people care that she more other Mormons care that she um, owns these these alcoholic brands, but more she doesn't, she does. which is what's mm. important. Um, she's not our favorite. Um, then we have Heather's cousin, which I didn't realize they were cousins. Either did, did I remember that? I was like, remember I was like, they, they have a relationship. Remember we watched the last episode and I was like, you can tell those two have a relationship. Oh, I thought you were talking about, um, Whitney and Mary. No, I was talking about Whitney and Heather. Oh, they're, so they're cousins. So then that so makes that's sense. why. Cause Heather, cause Whitney, Whitney is Whitney, wild. Bitch, Whitney is a wild We one. all know a Whitney. <laughs> tell us about Whitney. What was she doing? And so in Whitney, let me give you some backstory about who Whitney is. Yes. Whitney's father um, looks like he, when he came on, comes on the screen, you would think he was in a rock band. You really would. He totally looks he like a rocker. He is of a certain age and has yes. b- pitch black hair that yes. is from the box. Yes. Um, and you can tell that she, they haven't really spoke about it, but they, you can tell that she comes from, she is a representation of where uh, Heather came from, where it wasn't from wealth. You know, she married into wealth. She gained wealth. Like she's not, like she wasn't. She's not as refined. It's not old as money. Old money. Yeah, it's not old money. But she first episode, bitch. This bitch was climbing poles and teaching her, telling her daughter climbing poles. She has a pole in her house. Yeah, her daughter was pole. talking about like what is that, and then they <laughs> talking about stripping. Like I was like, this is a lot. Yeah. And Whitney, to be clear, she also left the church following a, an affair that she had mm-hmm. with her boss. Um, who now she's married to, but mm-hmm. they both were married to other people at that time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's another one where she's like, I don't really care what people think about me. And I'm like, okay, do you? But the really, the tea of the show is Mary had a little lamb. No, we're skipping Meredith. Don't forget about Meredith. Oh, Meredith. So Meredith, know, eh, she's a celebrity jewelry, jewelry designer. She has a store. She talks somewhere. Just like Lisa Renna. She's been married for 25 years, but they're like on the fucking rocks or whatever. We didn't find Apparently, out until like I read two. today that they've been on the rocks forever. For the last 10 years. <laughs> so, uh, honey. I didn't know you were a cosmopolitan. <laughs> All right. So, yes, I think you're right. We need to get Mary on had a to... little lamb and her husband was her grandfather. <laughs> Mary M. Cosby. Listen, and no relation to Bill. So the way that it was positioned on the show was that Mary's grandmother was. Um, this wasn't a position. This was that shared. she was a preacher. Uh-huh. She has ch- she has a church or churches and she has businesses, restaurants. restaurants, all the well they didn't say the restaurants and things on the show but I we found out. We we did that research. Um but yeah, it's a Pentecostal church. So, um <laughs> what they what Mary basically said was that she inherited the church and her step-grandfather in her grandmother's will, which mm. is really kind of fucked up enough and weird and kind of like, okay, is that real? But what I found today is that there are some rumors that are swirling. Ooh, what's the rumors? About what actually happened. Uh-huh. And now what actually happened um, was that um, Mary, a year after Ooh, Mary. Um, the grandmother had died, that Mary actually was married to someone else named oh, Dana. Mary. And that the bishop, who is the one that she's that Mary is married to mm-hmm. now, the grandfather, that he would preach from the pulpit, pulpit, telling the church to quit gossiping, and that they should stop chasing after him. 
And during that time, the the women, I guess, in the oh. the, 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 the female parishioners, because that was like you single mingle. And at that time, Mary started to comfort him, and he said that it that that he was told. Do you think she had a wig on or off? You know what? She looks completely different than she did back then. Have you seen the pictures? Oh yeah. I was like, why does she look like that now? She looked normal back then, and now she looks like she had gastric bypass. They said that she was wearing a loofah um, dress. <laughs> she to the was one wearing a loofah dress, telling Jen that she smelled like hospital after Jen's um, aunt had just, both her legs just, amputated. Just, Mary, Mary, you know what? I'm Mary telling had you, little lamb this and show, her husband is her grandfather. This That's show, all you need to know about Mary. This show, okay? Um, and basically, what happened was at some point the, the rumor. Is that the bishop said that he gave Mary permission to divorce her husband and then permission and then Mary ended up marrying him. And, I need to see and the this will. and this is what allegedly created the rift between Mary and her mother. Mm. Because they haven't talked about Mary her tried to say that her mom wanted the church and that because mm-hmm. she got the church that that you know and then she said she had to let people go and I was like, well, Oh, you talking about your mom? This is what I wanna say is you said that it was in the will. Show me the will. I don't believe that. Show That's some me bullshit. the will. That's what you say to try to make it seem better, even though it's like there's nothing you could say to make it seem that better, was your really? step granddad. That's your grandfather? Step. No. It's, it's step. your grandfather. I had a step-grandfather as well. And, and I can't even imagine. I can't even fucking imagine. Like, it's <laughs> disgusting. Nasty. And it's turning my stomach as we speak. No, it's because okay? you have all that liquor. That's why. <laughs> all I know is if y'all not y'all need a trash show, y'all uh, quarantined. Y'all I can't go out and this go to is the club. not reality TV gold. It is reality TV platinum. Uh, okay. I would say it's gold. No, it's giving me Real Housewives of New Jersey like the first few seasons. Okay, I'll, we'll see. I'll, that's too early for me. Oh, you don't think so? It's too early because we didn't to get say. to any table turning over yet. I need to see the prostitution whore. I need to see the church um, <laughs> say amen, bitch. That's what I need to see. <laughs> so yeah, so basically, what the the whistleblower was saying was that um, the mother. What turned her off was when you know they started this relationship, and she mm-hmm. left the church and took half the flock with her. Oh, started flock. a new church. What's it called? Oh, it it had a weird name. I'll have to find it. That's just <laughs> all I know is Mary had like I, I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> Mary had a little lamb, and her husband is her grandfather. I I just you are welcome I to watch this on Bravo. It is you can binge watch the first three episodes, and you will thank us. Slide through our DMs if you have or you haven't. If you haven't. Tell somebody and tell somebody and then listen to our show because we'll be talking about it. <laughs> yes, her mom is Rosie. She started the the Mama's Faith Temple and oh, took not a Mama's Faith and took half the congregation with her because you can only imagine what a scandal that would have been for the entire congregation. A scandalo. Well, <laughs> cheers to Salt Lake City because you know what I want to visit just just to see the mess in the streets. Apparently, there's a vibrant LGBTQ community oh, I read there. That. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't know that. that. I didn't know that. Duh. Is it next oh, story, excuse me? Excuse me, bitch. Yes. Uh, well, the next story is I actually want to talk about George Clooney. This well, first is crazy gonna, to me. First, we're going to highlight that the sexiest man, sexiest man alive. We aren't going to spend too much time on it. Sexiest man alive is who? Your boyfriend. Who, babe? Tell, Michael tell B. Jordan. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. I never thought Michael B. Jordan was like amazingly hot in the face. But it's below the neck that is like it gets you. I mean, it listen, gets you through the days, the nights, and just all parts. He could be. I don't get. He's he's good looking. No, he's not know, bad he's looking. Good. I'm just saying that, like you know, there's a difference between like someone who was just like gorgeous. I also he's don't not feel gorgeous. Like he's had like this break, breakout moment of like wait, he was in 
Never mind, he did. No, he did, yeah. He's yeah. not A-list, but close. He's like a B plus. <laughs> B plus. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of A-list, George Clooney. No, uh, but wait, wh- I want to hear what you think about this because people were clowning me last time because I was here for um, John Legend. Yeah, so was I. Not really, though. Uh, not as much as John me. Legend is cute, but I mean, he but can't, it's he a, can't it's, I think it's the sexiest man alive thing that people were like, he's kind of too corny for that or whatever. But what do you think about Michael B. Jordan? I think it's cute. I think white you think women it's are cute. I think white women are going to gush over this. Just and, white women? Mm-hmm. I also think we should highlight that it's been two black men back to back. And The Rock, sure I think, that, also I'm was sure that's on before that. Not an accident. So that's cute. Yeah. I think Michael B. Jordan is good looking. I've been saying he's good looking. And also, no, I know rumored, you like him, but I mean, for rumored. the audience, like I, the people Why are in the audience. The, the people I, in the audience. I don't see nobody around me <laughs> but you. The people in the audience don't know how you feel. So you need to how, express you yourself. T- okay, bitch, there's a tingling sensation below my oh, bow. Okay. Okay. That's too far. Are you asking for how I feel? I'm just saying okay. it's cute. We like, I think that on. he's good looking. We can move on I to said George he was Clooney. Good looking. No tingle there. We can move on to George Clooney. Oh, tingle lingo, not on this bingo bingo. <laughs> so, the pop up, formerly known as George Clooney, <laughs> um, he has in these streets, and they're talking about something that apparently had happened a few years ago. Wait, this is old? Apparently, in, 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 from what I read, it? okay. Why are we talking about it? No, it just came out in a GQ oh, okay. article. Oh, okay. Bitch. Okay. I got you. Published on Tuesday. No, just in honor be clear. Of I just need to know. I need Can to I tell the bitches? <laughs> yes. Damn. What happened? Damn. GQ interview published Tuesday in honor of his being named the magazine's soon-to-be icon of the year. Mm-hmm. Okay? The um, actor has been rumored in 2013 oh. when he was just started dating um, Amal. Yes. He said, he's, here's the quote, y'all. He said, Amal and I just met, and we weren't just, and but we weren't just dating at all. He said, I was a single guy, and all of us were aging, so all of his friends. He's like, I was 52, and most of my friends are older than me. So he was like, you know, and I thought about all these guys had, to do, what all these guys, all my friends, what they had to deal with as I was, you know, single, and that was disgusting. What? fucking bitch go on bitch well apparently he just was like you know what happened i'm trying to tell him (laughs) but you over there fucking uh, fucking 76 trombones (laughs) bitch so he basically is saying like he was single and like through all these years of him being a single mingle hell because he was a hell you know like he was okay talk about selling whole seeds bitch so he said like it was the fact that he had um all of his friends had dealt with him in that phase while he was older in his life and his friends were older than him so like they had they were dealing with their businesses their families their their lives and then they had to deal with his messy ass out here trying to fuck everything that walked <laughs> I could see so that. you know he's like they helped me when i needed help over the year he's like you know and i felt like i needed to help them he said we're all good friends mm-hmm. and he's like yeah like i'm paraphrasing some things he's like yeah you know they're in my will and he said if i got hit his by a friends? bus mm-hmm. he said if tomorrow i got hit by a if tomorrow you are having a hard time with letting me tell the story, okay? I don't know. If Welcome to li- my life. Welcome to you my life, manner- my job of doing this pod every week. That okay. is how I have grown accustomed to. I don't like dealing when people with say you. "Welcome to my life" because yes, it is. I don't Welcome need to, to my welcome. life. But go on, okay? Yes. So, yes, the friends. He said that his the friends will. are in the will. Uh huh. Yeah. And he said, so if he got hit by a bus tomorrow, tomorrow they all would do well. He's like, but why the fuck am I waiting to get hit by a bus? Oh. Okay. 
So he said he got a florist, um, a van that mm-hmm. said florist on the right side of okay. it, naturally, right? Why would you just do that, right? He went to the bank and he went to multiple places, multiple banks, because, you know, he's getting $14 million out. Um, and he got them on pallets, the money on pallets. Mm-hmm. Wait, um, whoa, this whoa, is whoa, what whoa, he's whoa, telling? Whoa, whoa, whoa. The- a million dollars in cash? Uh-huh. So he said that he had security. He hired security with him. And basically, the security was like, this is like an Ocean Eleven type shit. Like, you out here getting all this money on pallets. Like, what are you doing with it? I don't... Is this real? This is what he said. His friend recounts <laughs> in this story. They asked him for... Will the bank allow you to take that much money out? So, can I tell you the story? Yes. So, he also paid taxes on all of the money. Well, yeah. Because well, it's a gift. You have so, to what he did was... And he put all the well, money in a suitcase. Uh-huh. A, uh, it was 14 Toomey suitcases. Okay. And the plan was for that people come over... And he would be like, everyone would have a suitcase in front of them. And he'd be like, all right, guys, we're going to go on the trip. Like, um, you know, open the suitcase. So they opened it and it was a million dollars cash. So like, obviously everyone's like shook it to the book. If like, oh my God, okay. bitch, what? Well, his one good girlfriend mm-hmm. guy, Gerber, which I don't know. His Randy first, Gerber. He's married to um, Cindy Crawford. That's Randy Gerber. So the, he has successful businesses. He's already rich. He's rich. He He's went, giving rich people money. Not all of them were. Okay? okay. So one of them actually was a bartender still okay. in Texas. He should have left Randy off the list, but go on. So it was his 14th closest friends. That's so great. Randy comes up to him and was like, I'm not taking this money. Like, I'm not taking Good. this money. Like, this give it to charity, for Randy. Me. Like, give it to the other people in our friend group that need it. And he said, I pulled him aside. This is, what, this is what George says. And he said, if you're not taking this million dollars, no one's getting the million dollars. Well, that's fine. He can take it so, to charity. He took the money, obviously, and then who knows what he did with it. But yeah. I think that's just the story of like for me, it warmed my heart because I always felt that George Clooney was a very selfish person. <laughs> oh, really? Just like I never thought I don't much know. about like, it. Like there was just something about him, his aura, his vibe, where it was just like there was just it just felt. Very it's that selfish. whole like Hollywood yes. caddish playboy and for me what warmed my heart is he's still friends with people that have normal jobs like this person is a bartender in or owns a bar and is a bartender in texas okay so it isn't like he's like well dripping in cash you own a bar are you still a bartender he bartends at his bar so i mean i don't know where that's not really the same but that's fine go on but i'm just saying like if i just i what kind of bar (laughs) i mean it might not be a successful bar it might just be a mom and pop so let's just be clear this really isn't any of my business what george clooney does with his money it's it's none of y'all but since this is our podcast um i don't when i so i wasn't aware of this when you brought this forth as a story idea i was like oh that's that's gonna be amazing and i was like i can't wait to hear about it and now that i'm hearing about it it's not really working out the way that i thought it would because i was thinking more that these were more regular people yeah, i mean it, he didn't, who he were getting didn't a million dollars who these all people were yeah no the one I get person it. was obviously a celebrity yeah if you will, and the celebrity and shouldn't have been celebrity. on the list that's really fucking weird to me but again it's, it's ultimately it's and the reason why he said he did this is because there were moments where he was sleeping on their sofas yeah like so it's like a payback so it was like he's like I owed them. They yeah. they they got me to where I was. Yeah. There's also no way that he walked into 14 banks and took out a million dollars each. So he must have had this like in the works for a while, I'm where sure. he was like going around to banks. You probably have to do some research and see like, well, how many how much money can I take out of a bank? I'm sure one it day? was a thought that he had, yeah. and it was something that was built across time. However, I think that yeah. it's a very, very it's a story that I think should resonate with everyone. And if it doesn't, that's fine as well. But I feel like it should because it's around you know um, ensuring that you have 
really great people in your circle Mm -hmm. and people that were there or are there or will be there no matter what. And for me, I feel like this is a story that even with all the fame, George was, has been able to have 14 close friends that have helped him through all of the years of good, bad and ugly. So, so I mean, taking the judgment part out of it um, and then just kind of looking at it and no, because I can see it both ways, but just looking at it um, on its face, what I would say is that that is pretty amazing. It's just like, that would be something that like, it would be amazing to be able to do for people, you know, like people in my life, for instance, like if I could just like call, you know, 14 people over and have a million dollars in cash in a suitcase. That's mm-hmm. just for them. Like, that's really amazing when you think about it. And, and then also it's like, cry. he's also paying the taxes on it, which is like, that's then another huge bill that he's having to pay on top of the $14 million. So it is really an amazing gesture. How it worked out in this particular case is interesting to Shame. me, but it it is, um, it's, it's pretty cool for, you know, for somebody to be able to do something like that. It is. So just to be clear. I'm glad you're crystal. <laughs> crystal clear, bitch. Uh, well, moving oh, on George. to crystal clear, Monique. From one celebrity to another. Oh, Monique is out in these streets yet again in the headlines. And is she ever in the house? Bitch, always in the streets. I mean. So I mean, so in this case, she actually is um, out because she's on Tamar Braxton's podcast. Mm-hmm. And those of you that may not know, Tamar Braxton started a podcast called Under Construction. Um, and I think it's like three episodes in. I've not listened. Um, I might actually listen next this week sometime because I want to hear the actual interview with Monique. But anywho, it Mo- it's out now. Or um, went like on live. Yeah, it's it's out now. Mm. I just haven't listened to it. Um, so Monique, she is talking about her historic now um, feud. With Oprah, Tyler Perry, and um, Lee Daniels. Um, But in this case, she chose to really talk mostly about Tyler. Um, And I think a lot of that has to do with just um, of the timing of Tyler getting a lot of things, accolations. um, Accolades. Accolades, Mm -hmm. rather. um, From, like, the Emmys uh and and so forth lots so, of good press with him donating because mm-hmm. he always donates things and him being announced as a billionaire like yes. there's just a lot going on right now in tyler's life that's positive so i feel like she is bringing up uh, towards him um for whatever reason and the story that just to remind you of why there's a feud is that in 2009 yes i said that right 2009 um precious came out and um good old monique was in it and she killed her performance like she was hand down an amazing um part of the movie and uh, during the time in which she was they were press they were doing press and they were going overseas and cans etc you know they told her here's the press you're getting a lot of accolades and there's rumored you're gonna be on the short list of oscars and emmys and all the all this all the awards right so you should come do cans to film festival with us mm-hmm. and she chose not to Long story short, she chose not to, but it was there was more than that. Like she was asking for them to pay her and uh-huh. do all these she things. She said, "Pay that me money." They and, don't normally, and do. they said, "Like this is this is part of press. Like right. it's, it's it's part of the industry. Like this right. is part of press." And but you will you, get benefit out of yes, doing it. And remind yeah. you, like Monique at that point in her career had not had this breakout performance where she became a household name for Middle America. Like people knew of her, but they weren't like. They didn't see her as an actress. They saw her as a comedian, if you will. 
So here we are, fast forward to 2020, and this story is still on the top of her She blames list. all those other people for and that situation. And for me, I feel like the recounting of this of this really came from off the heels of Will Smith and Janet's conversation, how she felt that because Will and Janet were able to have a conversation 27 years later, that um, they are able to bury the hatchet and have a public apology, mm-hmm. that she feels like she is owed that. From from Tyler Perry. She didn't mention Oprah. She didn't mention Lee Daniels. She said she'll get to them later. She said, but Tyler specifically. I'm sure they're waiting with bated breath. So for me, here's here's my thoughts on this. Is I feel that, you know, Monique has, every, I would say, every year, at least once a year, this story has been brought up. And whether it is her dog and Oprah you know, sharing recorded um, conversations with Tyler Perry, whether it is recounting uh, a conversation she had with, had with Lee Daniels and how he blacklisted her, from, or, and she, she auditioned and almost got cookie, but then they recasted it because of what was going on with Lee Daniels um, and the controversy with, with Precious. So, like, there's, there's all, every year this comes up, right? To me, I feel like it is something that she needs to get over, and not that, and that mean that might mean getting over it without an apology publicly, because mm-hmm. she did say on this podcast, right? And I want to hear your thoughts. Is she did say on this podcast that he did apologize behind closed doors? Mm-hmm. I feel like she said that before, and now she wants it publicly, like she was promised. Mm-hmm. So, what are yeah. your thoughts around uh-huh. this this apology that's required for her to get over it? So, um, couple of things. The first would be, um, I am, um, kind of disheartened that she's having, um, such a hard time and she's still building that bridge. Um, and I mean, not to say that she just needs to just get over it because there's a lot that happened, you know, getting back kind of to Janet Hubert, like that's a huge deal if you feel like or if you in in practice really have been blackballed mm-hmm. because it does um, affect your ability to make money, which obviously is one of the most important things that anyone ever can do mm-hmm. in their life is to make money to support themselves and to support their family. So I'm not saying that she necessarily needs to get over being blackballed or to it. get over, you know, whatever she feels about whose fault it was. But to keep bringing it up is a part of it for me. That's just kind of like, we all want to move on. It's like, I don't need every year for you to be coming back with. And obviously I can just ignore it, but it's just like, how are you helping yourself? And how are you, um, you know, being an agent for your own success by rehashing this stuff from 11 years ago? And, and that's the thing for me and my and, and getting back to the whole thing. So, like, let's say that it was the Janet Hubert and yeah. and Will Smith conversation that kind of made her Triggered. feel like she needed to kick up dust on this again. How about you just ask to have a public conversation with him mm-hmm. as opposed to just being like, I want you to apologize to me in public. Why not you just be like, why not you reach out to him behind the scenes yeah. and be like, hey, I think there is a unique opportunity for healing in this situation, mm-hmm. seeing what happened with Will Smith and Janet Hubert, you know, and, you know, just knowing the history between the two of us and what happened to me mm-hmm. and, you know, everything that went on. I think that it would be really smart for us to just like have a come to Jesus. Hey, it could be on BT plus because mm-hmm. that is, you know, the service that Absolutely. Tyler Perry has a contract with. Mm-hmm. I just think that there is like, there's a different way that 
she could be. I'm not even going to say should be because it's like, girl, do you do whatever you think you need to do. But I think that it would be received a different way, not only by Tyler Perry, but also like to the public, which obviously you care what the public thinks because you keep making it public. Mm -hmm. If she didn't care what we all thought, she She would just, she wouldn't be talking about it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think there's a better way for her to position this and a better way for her to do this. That would actually get her goodwill as opposed to people being like, girl, this again. Because I also feel like she's she's kicking dust on Tyler Perry's name. Oh, she totally is. Where I think, to your point, where I feel would be, what what would be beneficial in the arc of this this relationship, is for there like there to be a conversation, and I don't even think it needs to be public. To be quite frank, and from what she's shared, they've had this conversation. But she wants and it to be he public. has said. That he has said sorry. Yeah, but no, so that's the you, biggest part but, of it for her. But she she's wants also it to be alleging that those three have behind closed doors, not in public, have blackballed her. So that's if the apologies have happened, the the action should not be let's get on TV and apologize because that's not not going to get you booked, Monique. Like that's not going to get you a job because because Tyler Perry apologized on you. It's with really you not on BET Plus or whatever right. platform. What would, what get, would her, get you yeah. booked yeah. is by leveraging the apology as uh-huh. as a source of well because exactly. of what happened this is what happened. Right. So can you help me get this? Uh-huh. And, and just then, like Will was like, I can help you, Janet. Yes, like you that's know what I mean. What, and and let us be clear because um I don't want to take this into a place where it's like. We think these men have to be the saviors no, of these women. At all. Cause Oprah's because Oprah's in it too. Because that's not what we're saying. But what we're saying is that if that's the person that you had to beef with and that person now is in a position of power, how about you leverage that? Because there's only but so many black powerful people, if you will. In, yeah. And in these Hollywood. are luminaries within the so industry. I think I, my advice to Monique is to not get over it, but to move past it. And the moving past it means... A lot could mean a lot of things. He may not be open to a public apology because he feels like we're recounting something from 2019, 2009 yeah. rather. So he might be like, it's dead. Like, but I, I feel like, want... but I feel like he probably would be um, more um, amenable to it if it was positioned in that way. But I, what I want Monique to realize and I want, and, I want... I, but, and to, to you, okay. I want to agree with you 100% that I love the way you put that. Like, Girl, you don't have to get over it, but how about you get past it? Yeah, like that. That's in order for her to move on in yeah. her career is she needs to move past it. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, what I want to be very clear, and I think Ray, you shared that is shared a portion of what I'm thinking is that we're not saying that Monique, as a black woman, didn't go through something. Right. No, didn't not at all. Have to do something I'm not because saying that of at all. We're just saying that work is work, right? And oftentimes, in this case, in this industry that she chose to be in, uh-huh. there are things and processes and policies and and politics politics that come into play mm-hmm. in order for you to be the Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry didn't go from sleeping in his car to owning his own, no, you know, um, production company and land um, and studio. And let's be clear, there's, there's some things that Tyler Perry did that I think a lot of the audience and a lot of people who are not Tyler Perry fans would think um, mm-hmm. actually were not necessarily good for black for the black culture mm-hmm. and good for black women in black culture. So I we think can my that. advice to, to, to good old Mo is have a conversation, get over the conversation being public because we didn't know what happened behind closed doors before you told us. Right. We don't need to know what happens behind closed right. doors now because that's not going to serve us as the consumer well. 
And to your point, it's not really going to make that big a difference. I don't feel no. like in a lot of people's opinions, whether he apologizes to her in public or not. Do you know what the biggest apology would be? Mm. Him booking her. Right. But I'm saying like, you know, and I hate to be the one Get who's like, oh, cynical. It's like you could turn this into something where yeah. it can be a come to Jesus and it can be something that creates buzz and it can be something that leads then to, to your point, to Tyler, um, you know, using his considerable power to to get her more work and she is and that's the other thing for all of of what i really consider to be monique's antics and i'm that's my opinion i feel like there are antics that are Mm. at play here again you're making all this public because you want it to be public um and you feel like you want to shame somebody into apologizing to you that's the way you want to play it that okay i don't think that that's really the way that you should to get what you want but okay um but it's just you know i'd have to say that she is very talented. You have me watching. Listen, the Parkers and I and I already trip. knew she was talented. She was fucking amazing and precious. Yeah, but even in the Parkers, which is something that historically I was like, I don't ever want to watch that. We've been watching it, and the shit is funny, mm-hmm. and she is really fucking funny, and she can be funny. She can do a dramatic Her role. Comedic timing is perfect. The talent is there. I would love for Monique to win. What was that? What was that one movie she was in? It was fucking hilarious. It was the Christmas movie. Oh, I can't the, remember. Um, she was Christmas, so last Christmas funny. She was shit. like the auntie. Yes. Oh she my god. She was a bougie one too. So let's let's put She's that out there too. Extremely talented. We believe in Monique's talent, but for me personally, I'm gonna speak for myself. I don't believe in Monique's antics. Yeah, I think that I think for me, what it's time for Monique is to to do is to move past and to and move past may mean move past with or without the three people that you are saying are the reason why. Yeah. Like, and that's, and also let's just highlight, you got casted in Bessie and were nominated. So it isn't oh, like, Oh, she was so good in that. And too. it isn't like, you're not acknowledged oh, still as an actress. So good in that. Like you are like, yes. you are getting booked and it may not be like at the but, level. But that no, we, been, I, I think I can I speak for win. both of us and say, no, we want to see her have more moments like Precious absolutely because she deserves it. Absolutely. For the I talent. Mean, and and I want I just want you to move on from good old Oprah and and Lee Daniels and Lee Daniels just he is booked blessed and busy so you could be pulling you could be pulling up to um, waiting to exhale on ABC. Listen, listen. okay. So speaking of pulling up, so <laughs> um, Megan Thee Stallion has an album that we will review when we get into Unfiltered and Unbothered. Yes, she is on this press tour, bitch, and she actually decided to not go to the Breakfast Club. Um, at all at all so apparently here's the story i didn't realize she didn't go at all she was booked to go to the breakfast club Mm -hmm. as a part of her promo and the label sent a list of topics that they could not ask her about and of course on that list of topics was the tory lane situation yeah but what happened about a week before her booked um show if you will the GQ article came out where she broke it down and told all the recounts of what happened during the night with Tori and shared more details. So there were topics that were listed as you can't talk about on the breakfast club, but you can in GQ. Mm -hmm. So, and it was, and her interview was scheduled to be after the GQ article. So obviously it's going to be the buzz of everything again, because it just, you know, and you're announcing an album. So of course there's going to be conversations and Tori Lanez just had a whole album that was about that situation. Right. So, she was booked to go on a breakfast club. She ended up not going. Um, and DJ MV actually said on air that Todd, he said, yeah, I think it's crazy um, because your Meg was supposed to be here on um, this show. 
And they had a laundry list of things for us not to talk about. And one of them was the Tory Lanes and all the situation. Mm-hmm. Charlamagne said, yeah, that is crazy. But then she talked about it at the white publication GQ. Mm-hmm. So obviously that was met with a lot of controversy because they're like, why? like from both sides, why is she talking about this situation at white media, not black media? Yeah. Then why is she not? Why is this on a short list of things she can't talk about? at all on any media platform. So what are your thoughts on it not being a topic of conversation during the interview? Do you think that she should have gone to breakfast club? So there's a few things about this. The first thing I would say is that um, this is not really kind of a new concept as far as this idea that these black, you know, not these, but that black celebrities um, will get famous partially off of the press that they get in black media mm-hmm. because black media, you know, especially for someone like Megan the Stallion, that's where you would actually build your fan base yeah. is in the black media before you cross over. Um, so there, you know, it's not a, a um, you know, new concept for, um, you know, black celebrities to, to get that shine from black media and then to, prioritize white media after the crossover happens. So like I, that is something that's been fully acknowledged. Mm-hmm. It's acknowledged in all different kinds of places. You wouldn't even mm-hmm. think like, this is one of the ones where you wouldn't even yeah. think like, you know, this whole idea that you could, or that, you know, a, a celebrity would be more forthright or forthcoming in the stories that they're telling mm-hmm. with white media than they would with black media, red carpets mm-hmm. where, you, you know, we've talked black about that before the the carpet, and black me and them. black people being, you know, their publicists pulling them away from black media and not even allowing them to speak to black media. So that is something where that's a real issue. I do question in this particular incident if that's what's happening. And I'm not saying that it's not, but I need more information because what they're basically from from what you said and from what I've read, but little that I read about it, is that so the GQ thing happens and then you have this other press lined up. So are there other black outlets that are also saying that she couldn't talk about the uh, Tory Lanes? I don't know, but I because I would need more corroboration in order to know that that's actually what's happening here. Because yeah. there is this whole idea that okay, you could have set it up with a particular outlet, in this case GQ, where it was an exclusive. True. So if it's an exclusive with GQ, GQ is going to be like, I we don't want you, that. we don't want you talking about this with anyone else um, for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And then until that certain amount of time has passed, mm-hmm. then you're not going to talk about it because you don't want to burn that bridge with GQ, which mm-hmm. is a huge national white publication. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I I say all this just to say that I need more information to see if what. Because it's perfectly valid for Breakfast Club to think that this is what happened, but is that actually what happened? I don't know. And I think I think that I, I believe to your point. And if it did this, happen, that's not okay. <laughs> I believe it. Yes, and I believe at this point she, you know, is at a crossover phase in mm-hmm. her career for sure. And this is her day. That GQ album, was even talking to her, and that she, you know, choices were made, whether it was hers or her public of her publicist or label, whoever it was. And to be clear, the Breakfast Club did come out Thursday of last week after saying what they we just recounted on Tuesday. Saying that it was not Megan the Stallion, mm, I did see that. the label. Yeah, they said so, the label did it. She probably doesn't even know is what they were saying. I would say she probably doesn't know, and I think yeah. that this is just an example that ultimately, you know, there's choices that are made in order to get you what you want and remind. Like to me, I don't understand why the label would be. I feel like that would be more of a management Publis- and publicist, yeah, and that's Rock Nation. So yeah. that's probably what they actually meant. <laughs> okay. But anywho, but I mean, it makes sense because when you think about it in this day and age, um, 
if you're a, a publication and you can get that exclusive, then mm-hmm. all the other publications in in the you know media mm-hmm. ecosphere then has to come back and say according to GQ mm-hmm. what she said to GQ. Mm-hmm. So it gets them more clicks. It gets them yeah. more everything. So. I, I don't know. Again, I would just need to know oh, if there are other you. outlets. Look at you using the degree. Because there could be other white outlets as well who got the same list of things that mm-hmm. she couldn't talk about. And we well, just don't know if that's the case. Speaking of Megan Thee Stallion. Yes. <laughs> she had an album come out this this week. Yes, yeah, she did. And this is actually her second project this year. So remember, is this Sugar. Her, is, this, is this her debut her album? Her debut though? album. Okay. Sugar came out earlier this year. Yeah. Um, moving into Shuffle and Repeat. And the album... It is her, like I said, debut. Um, Twenty-five-year-old. What I really and in- what I found interesting about this album is um, the mixture of like Southern um, West Coast rap and Southern rap, like on her samples. Um, in addition to, um, I'm trying to remember what the album's called. Bitch, I didn't write it down. Oh my god. Oh my god. You know I don't know. But I think like for me, <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion is someone that like. I, I had no, good news is the album for me. I feel like you got there. She's never someone like I've never been looking for a body of work from her. To me, she's a singles artist. Like she's someone that drops a single, Agreed. like you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You listen to it. It becomes a hit. Yes. You're a fan. Yes. But to me, and granted, you know, I wasn't about a part of the stallion, you know, mixtape life before she got signed to a label and, Sugar like had six songs and I liked maybe three. So I, I'm like a casual fan. To me, this album, again, her debut, I felt like it was, it felt very, uh, it opens with shots fire, bitch. Mm-hmm. And she said, very I'm provocative. Gonna, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the TT. I'm like, glad I'm she's telling tell her you, side of the story. Yes. In, in, on wax. If you will. On wax. If you will. Yes. But I do feel like the story of the album felt very like joyful. It felt very positive. It felt very Megan Thee Stallion. She's had a very busy year. Like remember her EP, she had label issues in the early of the year. Her, her album wasn't going to come out. The EP wasn't going to come out. Then she was able to get it to come out. Then she had Savage come out. Then and it obviously becoming a hit. Then she got shot. Then we're going through what she's had a few, quite a few projects though. Like she's so had like mixtapes before too. Yeah, that's why I said like yeah. before this, but this is her debut album. Yeah, with a major which label. is a big deal. So to me, I feel like some songs that I want to highlight, if you will, <laughs> yes, okay, yes. is "Shots Fired." I felt like was giving me what I needed from her. It mm. felt like a true storyteller. What happened? Circles. I love the Jasmine Sullivan sample. Um, also sidebar, the, um, shot fire actually sampled B- biggies who shot you. Yeah. There are lots of samples, lots of sam- samples, um, freaky girls with SZA. Also another sample, awesome sample. with 1992 West coast class. It's nothing but a I was thing. listening. I was like, Oh, that's There's another sample. Yes. Body. I like, but I like more for the video because Taraji Pianton is like, I love Taraji and she's in the video. Mm. Um, and work that is, is something that I feel like feels very Trina like to me. And it, funny enough, another sample, 20, 2006 bedroom classic rodeo juvenile. Um, <laughs> if you will, classic, it's a classic bitch loosely. So <laughs> don't speak too loosely. <laughs> loosely to me, I feel like the as album as a whole is on shuffle, but there are songs that I'll repeat. Um, and again, it goes back to my, my theory that I don't feel like, for me, at least, Megan Thee Stallion is a full project artist. Um, I do think she will be nominated for Best New Artist and Song of the Year with Savage Remix. 
and she will win Best New Artist. Grammy nominations come out on Tuesday, so we will talk oh, about it next times. week. Um, but uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. What okay. Are you, what are so, you like? um, yeah, I mean, this isn't my ministry. I think that you've actually put it really well. This, um, you know, designation of Megan Thee Stallion and your brain as being more of a singles or a song artist. And I feel exactly the same way. Mm. I, 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 I would never sit and listen to an entire Megan Thee Stallion project Mm-mm. thinking that I'm going to like it or that I'm going to like more than a handful of songs. Um, now, that said, let's be clear. I actually like Megan Thee Stallion. I like her. Me too. I like her. I like her persona even. You I like her. her of, um, I like her attitude. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I know at one time you were saying she was in school. She and, still is. Um, like I, so there, I like her, but her music is just not my cup of tea personally. So, you know, but, you know, there's something about her personality that I really like. Um, that said, the music for me, it's a little one note. That's the way that I would describe it. Um, you know, I think it will resonate better with me if the tracks were better, Mm. um, because that's part of what I see as a downfall of a lot of her music. This, there's not just a lot of samples, but the way I would describe the samples is that they're watered down. Mm. If you, when you listen to them, you're like, oh, I know that song. But then when you listen to it, it's like, you didn't do anything new with it. You added nothing to it. It's like I, I I get the reference, but there's there, there's nothing exciting about this track. Mm. And then she just raps over it, and it's yeah. like, okay. Well, I mean, that's um, you do the tracks. No, but I'm just saying, like, it, it, you know, I, and, and it doesn't this, feel innovative. And this is something where it's like I I really hate comparing, especially comparing female artists. But the thing for me that was set a Cardi B aside from a Megan Thee Stallion is that I can listen to the Cardi B album mm. because the tracks are fire. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the that, tracks are fire. Yeah, I feel like I, I hear what you're saying that you <laughs> like the they're samples, doing something. The album was sample heavy and the samples weren't innovative. Innova- they weren't innovatively innovative. Right. Used. It's like give me something to work with. Give my ear something to work with, mm. other than just her, you know, her lyrics and her lyricism. Um, so, you know, the other thing is I'm like, it gets stale because it's like, how many ways can she say she's a freak? You know what I mean? It's like, and just like we said earlier, I mean, little Kim did it. do it you good. do him, do her, do everybody else if you want to, that's fine. But at some point it's like, can we talk about something else? Or can you talk about something mm-hmm. else? I'd love to hear you talk about something else. Um, so, you know, that said, my fave track is actually body. Of course. Which I will definitely bop to when the clubs open back up because that one is catchy as fuck. Um, but then I and I did. I listened to almost the entire album. And once we got to Don't Rock Me to Sleep where she was singing and that that song that sounds kind of like a Doja Cat oh, reject. Yes. That's where I had to tap out. OK. And she was like basically in that song is like something like you can leave. And I was like, yeah, I'll be exiting stage left after this song. So, mm. um, you know, not everybody needs to sing. And it, it just, just not everybody it's needs true. to sing. Um, so for me, it's definitely on shuffle. Um, but there are, you know, there's a couple of songs where I'm like, oh, you know, oh, Shots Fire was OK. It's like I, I liked to hear, you know, her actually rap about um, that whole Thanks. situation. Mm-hmm. Because it's like if Tori can make a whole album about it, then she certainly can make a couple of songs. Because I think she talks about a couple mm-hmm. of songs on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, overall, the body of work is certainly on shuffle. Mm. All right, so from that album, which is not my ministry, to an album that has me singing to the pews, okay? Um, Taylor Parks. The gospel. Taylor Parks' album is here. And when I tell you 
that Taylor Parks' album is the pop album that I need in my life mm. right now mm. at this moment mm. in 2020. Mm. The the one thing that I can say is that I am sad that she um, will not be able to tour off of this oh, because yeah. I think that this would have been um, a really good show. I think she might still tour off of it just the end of next year. I mean, she might. And, and if she does, bitch, I hope you know. We gonna be there. Oh, I think this body of work. I'm. I want to hear more about what your thoughts are before I say my opinion to that. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, um, again, coping. Me- the name of the album is Coping me- Mechanisms. Um, we've talked about it before. She's had quite a few songs that have already come out mm-hmm. before the release of the album. Um, but it becomes very apparent to me very early on um, what an amazing writer she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's from the first song, which I is mean, called I mean, this bitch has been written all the songs that you She's know. written songs Look at her rap Everybody. The last three albums, all Check the hits, her resume. All, just okay. to give you a highlight, Ariana Grande. <laughs> yes. Enough said. Yes. yes. Um, so it also, um, to your point, becomes very apparent to me very early on how influential she has been in crafting Ariana Grande's Mm -hmm. sound, Mm -hmm. at least her current sound, um, because they are frequent collaborators. Um, So, um, you know, for me, it's the tracks, it's the writing, it's the vocal arrangements, all of it. Mm. It all comes together. And I'm just like, this, this is what I need. Okay. So fave tracks would be sad, which opens the album system, which is a great post breakup song. Um, sad also is in that category of post breakup song residue also in that category of post breakup songs, um, which is just so fucking good. That one residue actually sounds like it was written for Camila Cabello, mm-hmm. which I mean, it may have been, um, but it's so good. And then stare is another bop that gives me kind of like, mm. you know, it, during these, these quarantine times, kind of like a living room dance party vibe. Uh-huh. So this is all motherfucking repeat. If you, if you didn't realize where uh-huh. I was going with all of this, Apparently. but what do you, what do you think about it? I think album? that she is an amazing songwriter and this is an <laughs> album that we think, I think that we would have loved Ariana Grande to release. I would I Cause what, then I wouldn't have. What I do feel like though, is that this album is an album that is gender, gen, gender, gender <laughs> fluid, like genre fluid, where it's like yes. not, one track to the next track yes. is not the same genre, which sure, shows that, that her diversity as, of a, a songwriter and mm-hmm. also of an artist, um, which can also be met with a lot of conflict because then people were like, well, what kind of artist is she? Mm-hmm. Um, there's pop. There's a little kind of country light. So her disco. debut album came out in 2019 called We Need to Talk. Um, and it definitely also that was made with met with a lot of cultural identity crisis, like saying, who is she? Like, mm-hmm. what kind of artist is she? Oh, wait. So are you saying this album has a cultural identity identity crisis? I think that no, I think that that's what her reference was to her 2019. So mm-hmm. this album. Is but you said also. So I just want to be clear. So what? <laughs> Yeah, go on, dear. <laughs> you saw how quiet I was when he was giving his little ministry, and then I, this is what happened. No, please tell us what and you then think. The story, the, his story, not he, what the, the story that he tells, not what the peanut breaker. gallery thinks. What do you think? I think that a few songs that I like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, highly favored, where you are. Uh, oh, that's a, that's the wrong one, wrong <laughs> album. <laughs> Sad, um, fixer upper. I'm like, girl, you done jumped residue. Yes, okay. Um, I like nonchalant. Yeah. It's cute. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, I feel like she's a very interesting artist because I feel like she taps into a lot of genres, which I enjoy. Yeah. Fixer upper was the one we said was like Megan, or I said was like Megan mm-hmm. Trainer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's on repeat for me. Good. Okay, nice. Because I like the, the artistry of it most. Okay. And we, we've talked about this before. We saw her live. She opened for, I think, Jesse J. Was that Jesse J? 
No, not Jessie J. It was Lizzo. Yes, Lizzo. I feel like we are a lot. We are very running over in these streets. <laughs> So, it's been a while. It's fine. So I just want to like our highlight a few things. It's our show. Is this, are we in honorable mention territory? I feel like we. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pause um, on the album that was next, and we'll talk about it next week. Okay. Because um, I do want to talk about it. So the song I want to <laughs> talk about is Jasmine Sullivan and her new song. Um, what's it called? Catch your feelings. <laughs> so Jasmine, pick up your feelings. Pick up your. Feelings, what is going bitch? on with your notes this week, girl? You need to do better. Jasmine Sullivan <laughs> decided to come out with a new song, and let me just let you know that I have a new thong on because of it, girl. It is everything. It's shredded your panties, girl. Shredded, okay, <laughs> bitch. It is like shredded wheat in these bitch. So for me, I feel like this is what we needed from her. This is the single, not a single. Yes. I'm here for every moment. The production gives you. Old school Missy Elliott, R&B sing um, vibes. You know, for me, I feel like it is an entire mood, an entire vibe. Um, DZL, who is the producer, he actually worked with Queen, Queen, Queen Naja on her album. Oh, okay. A lot of the songs. So, like, he's in this R&B field. Mm-hmm. Also, this Britney Chai, she's worked with Ariana Grande, Nicki Minaj, her. Like, she's a co-writer for the song. There's a couple people listed. But for me, I feel like... The lyrics alone, new phone, new phone, who is this? Brand new, like a whip, rack it up, no assist, main bitch, I ain't average. <laughs> bitch, that alone, okay? Need a ride? Call that bitch. Gas way too expensive. No more benefits. I love it so much. It's Hands tied, no grip. It's I ain't got the room for the extra baggage. <laughs> Listen, this is the lyrical content I needed from Jasmine, and this yes. is on repeat. Every day of my life. Yes. No, for me, bitch, listen. She said, she said, you so sloppy how I caught you slipping up. You're off the lease. Run me my keys. No more popping up to hit it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I ain't even got the miles to trip on you. I ain't even got the miles to trip on you. Okay. So, yes, yes, yes to everything that you said. This is what I was waiting for. The last song I love because, you know, I love, I laughed. I, no, it, I liked it from the beginning. I oh, love no. Jasmine Sullivan. No. Um, but it was not like a, a single, to your point. Like, it was not the song that should be. It was be, a rip off. It should not be the, like, new song of, like, hey, bitches, I'm back. Like, this is the hey, bitches, I'm back song. And, you know, the lyrical content and those vocals and the track just converge into some type of a fucking trifecta that I love. Okay. Is a trifecta that just hits me where it needs to hit me. Okay. Every day on our way back from the gym, I'll be playing this song. Okay. Um, So, you know, I would say that, you know, even though I like the last song, again, let me reiterate because you're trying to play me. Um, but this one right here so is petty. it and it's on motherfucking repeat yet again. I agree, bitch. It's on okay. motherfucking repeat. All right. So, so what are our honorable, honorable mentions, mentions this Kelly week, Kelly Rowland decided to give us a Hitman, um, and that yes. is the single, and it's in collaboration with the NFL. Also, that's a big deal for her. She announced an EP that's coming out in early December, Kay. so I look yes. forward to hearing and seeing what she's going to give us. Come on, Kay. Also, honorable mention to Sia, the artist that we have been talking about <laughs> and singing in the same music. She actually did, um, announced a movie coming out in February called Music, okay. um, and this song will be on it called Hey Boy. All right. Listen to it. Tell us your thoughts. Yeah. Last but not least, D Smoke and Kirby have a song out called Super yes. Power. Kirby's a pop fave. Kirby is a pop fave. D Smoke, I know we have listeners that have shared D Smoke as an artist that they love. So I like his collabor- I like his verse on that song a lot. Yes. This um album, I mean this this track I yeah, feel like was power, a really yes. great little moment 
to bop to. So yes, that is our episode. I'm about it we're is about to, we're about to eat this. A bitch, we dinner. did. This is a, one of the longer episodes in the past like few weeks because oh, we really are so long. into it. We were so happy to be talking about fun things again. Oh. so you know, I don't know. Are we coming back next week? Probably not. Uh, so next week we actually will be here, but it'll be a little different show. Oh, what's a different show? It will be the Grammys. girl. Let me know when you let the audience know. This is cute. Listen, <laughs> it will be the Grammys. Um, oh, okay. We'll talk about the announcements. Uh, we'll do a so little it's a special episode. We'll do a little thing in there okay. it's, 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 I'm not going to give too it's much to away because I don't That's want cute. everyone to be hot like fire I oh, want right. them to be yeah. subtle like season yeah. we want y'all to be lukewarm I want y'all to be like I don't know <laughs> alright we will talk to you Let me go all get this dinner. next week <laughs> <laughs>